0: And we're back. We call it Texas Axe Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. We are here in the Rollo Insurance Studio the day before the Arkansas game. Who's going out to Jerry's World? Want to hear from you? Texas on the AMB text line 979 693 1150. 979 693 1150. That is AMB, a call station branch of the Amarillo National Bank. Good Texas Banking. The website AMB.com. So, as we normally do here to start off the nine o'clock hour, we do Around Aggieland presented by Norman G. State Bank. Norman G State Bank rock solid banking the website normandystatebank.com Kay Nagley is with us hello Kay
1: Hello How are I, you Excuse my voice if it cracks or if it's gone You know I've just been so excited about football this weekend that uh, I lost my voice so. you,
0: you do say you're excited often about football so I believe you I, I
1: mean I'm just, I'm just an energetic person how could you not be I and, mean you know it would be better if we were 3-0 right now
0: Did you hear my pick six I did not I'm not picking the Aggies to win I hope I'm wrong I really? hope I'm wrong, uh, and and I and the if I, if money wasn't on the line by the way uh-huh. money isn't on the line but if uh-huh. I, I'm trying to treat it as money, yeah, I would pick the Aggies because of my heart. But since money is theoretically on the line, what I just, was your score prediction? I didn't have a score prediction. Oh, I just I just, just I just think they 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 gotta think find by a way by
1: touchdown by field goal. Like, is it gonna be close or is it gonna be? I,
0: I don't know. This you, game you have no is, idea. This game has me so confused. I just need to see some offense. If I see yeah. some offense, and I've been saying that for weeks now, if I see some offense. I'm back all in. Show me some offense, and I think this is the weekend that we might see it. I just gotta see it. Uh, Arkansas secondary is not very good, and but a And M hasn't been able to pass it very well as well. So think- what? I
1: think you're next week, Nuno. Now you're next year, Nuno. Next week, Nuno.
0: And, and pretty soon to it'll be tomorrow, Nuno. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> All right. So number twenty, Texas a will head to DFW area and AT&T Stadium for the annual Southwest Classic at the Aggie Space. Number ten, Arkansas, on Saturday night at six p.m. for the SEC ho- opener for both teams. Uh, Aggie soccer: The Texas A&M Aggies dropped Thursday's Thursday night's match 1-0 against number 21 Mississippi State Bulldogs at Ellis Field. Despite Texas A&M outshooting Mississippi State eight to four in the second period, the Aggies came up short. The Aggies will now hit the road for Sunday's match against number six Alabama, and that is a 6 p.m. kickoff. Lastly, Aggie Volleyball uh, outlasted Ole Miss in their stadium on Wednesday night, taking down the Rebels in five sets. Leading the way with her ninth double-digit kill performance of the season was Caroline Youth, that's a Notre Dame transfer, who finished with a career-high 24 kills, and the Aggies will return to Reed Arena to host Tennessee for a pair of matches this weekend.
0: Excellent stuff, Kay. Thank you very much. Is that it, by the way? Yeah, you, you stopped are, like you were done. That is all. All right. I was just making sure. It was, it was like a little awkward silence between us. so I want to make sure. <laughs> so uh, Billy will be here in studio in a couple of seconds. I'm going to read a couple of these messages that have shown up on the YouTube page, on the A&B text line, and also tex chat. Um, but uh, if we win this weekend, I need you guys to pick against the Aggies for the rest of the year. That's Josiah White. Uh, Nathan says he hasn't missed a Southwest Classic game in Dallas in nine years. Daniel says, show me the baby. And uh, Glenn says, fried pork ribs for the tailgate. And there's another one. Um, here's the, where's the other one? Another big stat is KJ averages a fumble per game, two against Cincinnati, and one last week. WD sends in, you've seen A&M hold two teams out of the end zone. And that is a huge, huge key this weekend. They can do that. Well, obviously, if they hold Arkansas to just a bunch of uh, um, field goals, you feel very good about it. A 979 number on the A&B text line, regardless how we play till now, what message does it tell the players we don't expect to win? It's going to be another mediocre season. Th- then they may accept it as well. Look, if my opinion of the game on one particular game affects those players, then we're not going to win any games. I don't think they care about the opinion. Uh, by the way, when people doubt me, I do some of my best work. I'm not going to just give you an opinion to give you an opinion. Okay, we're going to go 12-0. and okay? like, I, I, That's not how I operate. I... Look, based on the information I've seen right now, this is what I think. I'd gladly be wrong. I, good. Let's let's be wrong. I want to be wrong. And who cares about an opinion? It's a freaking opinion. Get over it. Bob in Kentucky. Uh, I believe the difference in this game will be defensive. The D-line will reset the line of scrimmage with their push. I believe the linebackers will fill correctly this week. And the secondary, there will be no bull crap. No dumb crap. We will hit Pick and score crap. Quit making the sound like the BAS network. Not a, Okay, I can't say that. War up. Beat the hell out of the no accounts from Walmart U. Okay. And uh, one last one. Uh, Hoyt says, I think this game will be a tone, be negative or positive for the rest of the season. Win. Uh, do you have the confidence to go out and get a 10-win season? Lose. God only knows. With that, we begin the uh, two-hour marathon with Billy Lucci here, our co-owner and executive editor. Good morning, sir.
2: Good morning, Nuno. How are you today? I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm well. I am um uh, getting a little flack for my pick six predictions, but that's all right. What'd uh, you pick? Right now I'm 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 picking Arkansas and I want to be
2: wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, look, we we're not beholden to pick AM every week. It's funny how people can pick and choose who they get upset with. Like, you don't get upset if you pick Alabama to beat A and M when Alabama's a 17 point favorite, but if you pick Arkansas to beat A and M, then all of a sudden you know you're a bad Aggie or you're not being uh, positive enough, or you know someone across the street will start crying about it and you know take it to the athletic director or whatever it is they do over there. So who gives a damn? Yeah, make your pick how you think the game's going to come out. Otherwise, what the hell are we doing here? And I don't know who I'm going to pick yet. Yesterday I was on a radio station. I picked. I picked uh, Arkansas. I did my pick in the Eagle for their panel. I picked A&M okay. after that. So I'm like going back and forth. So I don't know. But I certainly would not blame anyone. And I still might myself. I wouldn't blame anyone for picking Arkansas.
0: I've changed my mind like seven times this week. Because I see, I see the way. Mm-hmm. I just need to see the way.
2: There's there's part of me that thinks you know, A&M's gonna really come out to play. The opposite of what they did last year. Um I would say the opposite of what they did two weeks ago against App State, but I didn't I didn't think they didn't show up to play. I really didn't. I thought they uh they just didn't play well. I don't think they weren't prepared, you know, I, I I didn't think like I didn't get that vibe out there that, that was a team that just didn't come to play a football game that day. I think they underestimated app to a degree. I think they they we said they got outcoached and outplayed that day, yeah and that you know it is what it is. uh I thought the opposite was true on on Saturday. It's funny like the outcoach thing always makes me laugh because people in that profession will take a lot of credit. And they'll tune in and want to hear it and read it and their friends and families and everybody will be all excited to, you know, out-coach this guy. This guy out-coached Jimbo Fisher. This guy out Nick Saban. This guy, you know, what a ter- terrific coaching job by Jimbo and Elko. And, you know, and then you change that word and flip it around the other way and it's just like the end of the world. People are upset. People are crying. People, you know, and it, it, it's wild to me that it works that way. Because I would say, you know, A and M and Jimbo and crew outcoached Miami, mm-hmm. and Kevin Steele, who's a really good coach, very uh, good coach. Yeah, Cristobal, I don't think I don't think it's that hard to outcoach him. I've never thought he was very good in in terms of X's and O's, but I do think he's a good motivator. And I think his OC is a guy that got a ton of attention for what he did at Michigan last year. Mm. So those are two really good coordinators. Uh, and A&M's guys out-coached them. They out-X's and, and O'd them on the field Saturday night. And that was a big part of why they were able to hang on and win. Uh, this week, I think the coaching and the playing could go either way. I think Sam Pittman, you know he's going to have his guys ready. I've heard you talk about it, and I wrote about Jimbo has has his guys ready almost every time for big games. Now, they've lost a bunch to highly ranked, I mean top three teams. Mm-hmm. That's the majority of Jimbo's losses at A&M, are maybe, maybe more than half, roughly half, have come against like top three teams. You've got... Twice against Clemson, one of those times A&M really showed up to play. They've played; he's played Bama four times, three against Bama. At least two of those, at least two, if not three, A&M showed up to play. Bama was just better. Right. Bama was just better. Um, and then, and then you've got uh, Georgia, who they went down there to the final possession with in Athens that year. LSU smoked them. LSU was smoking everybody that year down the stretch with Joe Burrow and those guys um but then you look at the the after besides that out of that you take the one Alabama game a m has shown up to play when when they play these top 15 teams they're probably Nuno whatever they've won I said six top 15 games under Jimbo they, why are you looking at me like that? I'm just listening, oh, okay. absorbing the information. <laughs> like, There's no bugger or anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I like there, info. There might be. They might be six and one in games from like four to fifteen or twenty. Right. There might be because I, I. They lost to Auburn here when Auburn was like that same year, 2019, when Auburn was like maybe seven, maybe eight, maybe seven, whatever they were. But from like three, from like from four to 20, they might be six and one. He gets them up for big games. and, and But so Sam Pittman's got – that team will be up. We know that. I just think this will be different than last year in terms of A&M knows they're going in for a fight. They just came – I think it helps them that they just came off of a fight. Mm-hmm. So they knew exactly like, hey, this is what we're going to have to do to go in there and beat those guys. Now they're going to have to play better – than they did against Miami, but I think they can. I think they can. What I don't like are the matchups.
0: And I'm glad you brought that up, because that's what I wanted to get into. Where is it a favorable matchup, and where is it not a favorable matchup?
2: My, my issue is, I think it's, there are more unfavorable matchups than there are favorable. I, I'll start with the favorable. I love Texas A&M's receiving core, with Evan Stewart, which is a huge change. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a lot and Jimbo would never say this. I think there was a lot they wanted to do last week with a new quarterback and Evan Stewart down the field. And I'm not saying it was going to be air raid, but I think you would have seen them take some chances. I wouldn't say a couple. I think they would have taken several shots down the field to him, maybe, you know, on the backside of Chris Marshall on a post, which we saw almost, you know, saved the day against App State the other day. I think you would have seen at least four of those type shots during the game. Maybe not a lot more than that, but four of those shots. You connect on two of them. You might beat Miami. You know, that that game might have been over real early. Mm -hmm. That game might have been 17-3 at halftime and 24-3 through one drive, and it's... I think that was a big part of the game plan, I think it will be this week. And I love Anias Evan... Marshall, you'll Keith. Um, I'll say this, and I'm going to write it today too, and people can go copy it. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more of Moose Muhammad this week. He's, he's practiced a lot. Yeah, go race to it. Go and let everyone know about it. <laughs> Said it here first, at least cite me. Uh, you'll see more of Moose this week because he's, he's practiced a lot more with that group. Um, and I like that matchup against the Arkansas DBs minus Catalan. Even if they get Miles Slusher back, which it sounds like they will, but we know how these injury things go. They return to practice. They're getting work, but not quite ready for a game. Maybe next week. Oh, not quite this week. Maybe next week. We'll see. Without him, it's an even bigger advantage there for A&M. But I like it either way. I like their skill guys versus Arkansas's secondary. Um, I like A&M's secondary versus Arkansas's receivers. I think the Aggies match, and that's a position where A&M is getting a lot of guys back. You saw Jalen Jones. How much would he have helped against App State Heck the way yeah. he played the other night? Damani's coming back from the targeting. Brian George coming back from the targeting. Antonio Johnson practiced all week. We saw him leave the game and come back. Um, uh, Denver Harrison, Smoke Bowie will be available. And, and, you know, Denver was already playing a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was playing a lot in those first two weeks, and pushing to start. And then uh, Miles Jones has practiced now pretty much all week for two weeks in a row. It goes back to what I was saying about that slusher thing. I know he's kind of become, uh, you know, like the white buffalo there. You know, everybody's wondering, okay, well, when are we going to actually see him on the field? I think that might be this weekend. So I love the a and versus Arkansas receivers. Um, but there are two problems with the, with each. There's a problem with each of those things. It's K.J. Jefferson and faking it and pulling it. And what do these, you know, if they're sitting and living in second and short, second and medium, that play action, is that going to free up those receivers that I don't think otherwise would really get freed up? That worries me in the passing game. That's the one thing about Arkansas's passing game versus the a secondary that worries me. And then the thing that worries me about the AG's other strength is can you give Max Johnson time enough to get the ball to his receivers? So here's my concern of, of of that whole thing. I just told you the matchups I really like, but they are, as is the case in a lot of team sports, they are contingent on what happens elsewhere and that is those are to me disadvantages for Am. Can they, getting the ball to those receivers is contingent on can A&M protect Max Johnson? Well, Arkansas leads the country in sacks. They get a lot of tackles for loss. Drew Sanders, we know about bumper pool. Drew Sanders is an absolute animal. I've said it before. I think he and perhaps even Zach Evans are guys that, that A&M really, uh, in hindsight, you'd, you'd love to see him yeah. could have used. Um Zach Evans, I say that, but they, they just keep using one running back in the A-chain. I don't know what we've got with the other guys. Um, but Drew Sanders is certainly one. And linebacker is a weakness for AM. We're going to talk about that in a second. But uh, And then the, on the flip side of that, so we haven't seen A&M protect Max. He got sacked three times by Miami. He did a great job to probably avoid another three of them. Um, and Arkansas gets after the QB. And they know they're protecting the back end. That's not that good. So they know they have to get after them and they have to get after it quickly, put you behind the change. So then they can put an extra DB out there, you know, because you're in second and 11 second and 12 on the flip side of that. It's, it's tech, you know, I, I think the, the other problem is KJ Jefferson at Arkansas running game. I'm talking about that. That's, that's the biggest issue. A and M will have in, in this football game, in my opinion. Um, If KJ and and they've got the rocket, Mm -hmm. you know we have a running back called the Rocket. That's usually good. And you've got a two hundred and thirty pound back back there as well. Arkansas can run the hell out of the football. They might, they might turn out to be the best running team in the SEC when it's all said and done. They're built for it. They've got juniors and seniors across the board up front, mainly seniors. They've got a potential All American center. And look, man, I'm telling you, McKinley Jackson barely played last week. That elbow has is, is been a lingering problem and it sucks because he had such a good camp and he had such a good spring and he's he's their best defensive lineman. He is the best and it's not a debate. And and then you've got, you know, Tumiche missed last week. I think he's gonna be I think they're gonna be down fifty percent of their starting mm-hmm. D line. And you're going up against that that's this is the last game that you want to be down 50 percent in your starting D line, so like we know Walter Nolan's going to be incredible. I think he'll be back. You got some really good young guys, but Stromberg's an All American. He's a senior, maybe a fifth year, going against a guy that's a true freshman at times. Second game, second game. So the the Aggie defensive line is incredible as they're going to be, and as much talent as they've assembled, they're without two of their best. And there's a bunch of dudes that just haven't played very much football going up against a bunch of dudes that have. We saw AM benefit from that in 2020 with Moore and Hawker and, and McCollum and Green. That's where Arkansas is at. Now, they might not have a Kenyon Green up there, but they got a bunch. They got a got Dan a Moore, Jared Hawker, a McCollum, and a Carson Green. Those guys weren't very good when they were young and they were really good when they were older. And that's where you're at, Arkansas. So that's a tough matchup uh, to stop Arkansas's run game. And, and by the way, A&M's without Andre White. They have a real issue at linebacker. I think they should have added one more linebacker in the portal. I mentioned Drew Sanders. Flip him on each team and see how much a difference that makes. That's a tough matchup. Can A&M slow down Arkansas's ground game? Miami ran for almost 200. App State ran when they wanted to on them. That's a major concern for D.J. Durkin's defense. Can they stop him? So those matchups, they, they scare you. When we come back from a break, I'm going to tell you the one matchup that can swing this whole game in A&M's favor if they can execute. I you.
0: like you did a tease. That there was, you go. That was, I'm, there I'm, you
2: go. It's a segue, Nuno.
0: I'm like a proud dad here, but I'm the younger one. All right, Milliken Reserve now, farm-to-table community. Barely. <laughs> barely. Plentiful white-tailed deer. I like saying that out loud. And then the songbirds. Love songbirds.
2: I saw a woodpecker this morning in my backyard. Yeah. I was like, what? In the world He was a brave little soul, so he didn't move. I got up close. I'll show yeah. you a video. You got a bit video? Yeah.
0: yeah, show me that. And I guarantee you at Millican Reserve it. they got those there, too. So. Hottest
2: coffee of all time. I might well, sue that.
0: Nothing better than a hot coffee, by the way. Uh, having a hot coffee walking around Milliken Reserve. Ooh. Oh, you can't beat that. And You really just burned your tongue. Lip. That's what I meant. Anywho, uh, millicanreserve.com is the website. And by the way, you can go visit it. Go hiking, biking, canoeing, kayaking, equestrian trails, the evening yoga, the summer camps, the music festivals, the farmer t- markets, the uh, farm tours, the veggies are great there. They got the extensive network of trails throughout that wooded landscape, walking, equestrian paths, creeks, creeks and ponds. Go check it out. It is millicanreserve.com. Again, millicanreserve.com. Exactly starting now. Boom, it's the power curious thing. the love. That's the, the power thing. of love. Oh, the start of the song. Start of the song.
2: Curious thing. Huey Lewis, how's he doing? Make these a one days? man weep, make another man sing. How many
0: songs do you like have fake uh-huh. words for?
2: Like a little white dove, more than a feeling. That's the power of love. It's one of the only Huey Lewis songs I really liked.
0: He had one before that. Like, I'd give
2: like. me Hall and Oates over Huey Lewis any day of the week.
0: Didn't Huey do like almost the entire soundtrack for Back to the Future? Or am I making that up? Maybe.
2: I would have done. The
0: Heart of Rock and Roll? That song,
2: jam. I never knew if he was saying is still beaten or is in Cleveland. And then he goes, and then he goes at the end, he was like, uh, something about is in Cleveland. So I realized it. I never liked, no, I didn't like that song that much. What about Hip to Be Square? Come on. Nope.
0: That was a jam. Nope. We're coming back with hip to be square. Not
2: a fan of hip to be squared. Come back with Hall and Oates. Any Hall and Oates, they be got a great
0: like little podcast thing that they do. Really? Yeah. Uh, by the way, his name is not Huey Lewis. Believe it or not, Hugh Anthony
2: Craig the Third. I forget who it was. One of one of my friends, and it might have been J T. Higgins. Somebody met Huey Lewis. You know, at. at in a situation, it was—I don't know if it was an airport, but it was so, whatever the setup was—a situation where they visited for a long time. Um, so he was really nice. I forget who it was. Oh, it was, it was like a private airport, so there's nobody in there, and they were stranded. Anyway,
0: hey, so we've got a few minutes before we are joined by the Care news. I wonder
2: if the news was there. The news did kicked it was out. Just Huey Lewis. I used to be part of the news. Hey, um,
0: you had a great tease.
2: Yeah, so here's the equalizer for A&M, and I think this is what the game swings on because so much comes out of this. Can Texas AM run the football against Arkansas? Against Drew Sanders, against Bumper Pool. Those dudes fly around. They eat up running plays. They do. That 3-4, you know, Bryce Foster, last year, We I was talking with Bryce about it outside Sunday. You know, that was a rough one for him. He was, he was like, going up against a – fifth- or sixth-year guy that had transferred into Arkansas from, like, Northern Illinois or wherever. Animal, playing in the NFL right now. And that guy just was just a a monster. He destroyed Texas. He destroyed A&M. He was eating up running games by himself. Bryce now is the experienced guy. Bryce is the grown man in the trenches. Can A&M line up against Barry Odom's 3-4 and run the football against that three-man front. I said 3-4. They moved, They change that linebacker number quite a bit. Can they line up and run against that three-man front and those two really good linebackers? If they can't, then they're going to have a real problem taking advantage of that matchup of their receivers versus the Arkansas secondary because they'll be behind the chains. If they can, they will take pressure off of Max Johnson. You can implement. You can call your play-action plays. That freeze up those great linebackers have to, you know, is, that, is that a handoff oh shoot it's a pass there you go against that bad secondary it's second and four it's it's second and five or six it's third and two you can go either way with it If and oh by the way you also have a chance to get your best player who is still on Saturday the two best A-Chain was the best player on the field last week on Saturday it should be it should be A-Chain and, and probably K. Jefferson. Though I think those two will be the two best players out there. You can get you the best player on the field involved and give you more and more of a chance to win. It opens up play action. It sets you up to take advantage of the receivers versus their DBs. It gives Max Johnson time to throw and let him get into a rhythm, which he's proven in the past at LSU that if he does that, he can light you up for 300-plus. He, he, he can have a monster game. He's done it. And he's done it against SEC teams. He's done it against real opposition, and it keeps that Arkansas offense off the field. What about empty? Doesn't let them wear you down. I do think you need to do some of that too. Get those linebackers to
0: cover Devon with
2: number six as part of the empty. Yeah, yeah. No, I do think so, and that's that's going to be the tug of war, in my opinion, with Jimbo. And I love the Jimbo versus Odom battle, like. People forget that Jimbo dominated that battle two years ago. Odom owned it last year. Guess what? Two years ago, Jimbo had the much more experienced veteran team. Last year, Odom had the much more veteran experienced defense. This year, I think they both are kind of middle of the road in terms of experience. Yeah, Arkansas's defense, AM's and offense. So I think the rubber match is is big, and whoever wins it is going to win that game. With Jimbo, what I think is fascinating, Nuno, is is he going to – it's that first down play call throughout the game. He's got to mix it up. You can't just come out and sling it around on first down and say, well, we'll pass early to open up the run. I think you've got to stay balanced on first down. I thought they threw it too much early against Ole Miss uh, last year and, and even LSU when they kept throwing it to A-chain. But they never really established the run until late in the second half with A-Chain and then mysteriously went back to Spiller in both of those games at the end when, it, when the game was on the line. But uh, I think you've got to mix it, and you do throw it on first. And I think empty will be a big part of that, and I can't wait to see what Fisher does, if he can get a nice a chain in the backfield, maybe come out of the huddle with that, then motion one of them out, I'd love to see come out in two backs, motion out to five wide. Yeah. Like, just start screwing with them. But you have to have success early. And that'll really, I think, change the the uh, complexion of that football game if you start messing with them with formations and what you're doing and have success. If you're just doing it, and they say, fine, do whatever you want, man. All you're doing is going here. You're, you're at piling up three and outs here. But if it's working then I think it could be a big offensive day for AM.
0: When we come back, Caroline Fenton's going to join us. Uh, we'll talk to our SEC insider there from Nashville next. But right now we're talking Coach DeVita. Look, I know we've talked a lot of football, but how about some baseball? Ryan Targotch special over there. Uh, it is awesome, a great combo. Grilled chicken, quesadilla side of ranch, and a large drink for 12 99 Not available through online ordering. And uh, as I've told you many, many times, they got an amazing – uh, amazing um what do you call it tailgate um menu out there i don't know i forgot my words there but they got the 12th taco bar they got pass it back burritos they got the eat the hell out of nacho bar it is costa vita look they're a proud partner of a&m athletics they've done it for a long time the food is exquisite fresh mix you got to go check it out it is in south college station holly's a great aggie loves this university legit watches every game every minute all the sports you name it Um, Her dream was to bring a restaurant to this area, and uh, she partnered up with Costa Vida and brought it uh, locally owned right here. And uh, she does such great work there at Costa Vida. The athletes love to eat there. The Texac staff loves to eat there. It's just really, really good food. Um, You know, you've got the quesadillas there. You've got uh, the tortilla soup. You name it. Really good food. Delicious place. It's in South College Station. It's Costa Vida. Fresh Mexican Grill. I think it is one of your favorites, Billy. Sex Ags Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Caroline Fenton, SEC Insider, joining us here. Co-host of the Stillman & Company show there in Nashville. Caroline, I'm going to ask you something not football-related because uh, mm-hmm. one of our viewers asked on, on the chat, and I don't do karaoke. Zero karaoke. I don't like it. But well, you're my missing thing. out, You really? foremost. Yeah. You're I don't drink. Like, I think you have to drink to enjoy karaoke. I think you have to. But
3: I think that's probably fair. Yeah.
0: Like sober guy or like, have
3: a really strong ego
2: or sing or sing good.
0: Yeah. I can't do either. Either So I, I recognize I don't play golf. I don't like it. So I don't do it. People say, oh, you'd love it. No, I don't like it. So same thing. Why with karaoke. do you sound
2: like very Larry
0: David right now? Because that's my idol. <laughs> he is my role model. So what songs? Uh, so it's a guy on our chat. 210 wants to know what songs that they should be having, uh, picking this uh, tonight for karaoke. Mm. Anybody got some th- songs?
3: Mm. Ooh. I don't know why the first one, song that popped into my head of every song that I could possibly think of was Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera. Oh, wow. Throwback, but that's one of those songs that when it comes on, you can't not get into it. And if there's somebody in the room that doesn't like Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera, they can see the door because it's a great song. So mm, I would add that one to the that. list. And my go-to is obviously Call Matt Rouge. That's a That's uh, a crowd pleaser.
2: Can you hit I don't know that? Ha, can you station? hit the hello, Samantha dear? I hope you're feeling. F-, that's what breaks a lot of people.
3: It depends on how many beers I've had.
2: Yeah. Sometimes yes, gonna, sometimes gonna, no. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. I would say if I was if I were going to a fall wedding this weekend, which I think you've which, already been. Can to Can we abolish you? those? Yeah, I've got Are some, we still doing that? Uh, well, I've got some friends that are in a fall wedding, and I, I don't know how I feel about this. Two people are at weddings this week and two groups of friends of mine, some in Aspen and the it's others cool. in Hawaii. So I'm going to say this. If you're going to do that, yeah, you're obligated to at least put it somewhere badass. Right. And problem, though, with Hawaii is it's a problem, or is it not, that those games are on. If you're like a true hardcore football fan, and one of my buddies there is a big Alabama guy, and and the other ones there's some Aggies. I guess you could watch college football in the middle of the night while everybody else is asleep. That would be that'd be cool. That would work, right? Yeah,
3: that fun. would be nice.
2: Yeah. So yeah. By the way, yeah, but
3: if it's gonna be Aspen or Hawaii, I'll deal with it.
2: Yeah, I, I grew. I would up do Chili Peppers right chili now because I saw them Sunday night. There's several of theirs Ooh. that I could probably sing and kill.
0: I'm not gonna tell you the songs I grew up on, but I don't think they would do well. At a karaoke bar, a little ice cube, Dr. Dre. I don't think that would would work out too well. At Not unless
2: I... you were in costume, 80s, 80s costume. Well, that would be fun. Hey,
0: Caroline, uh, help us understand your your point of view here of AM in Arkansas. I've changed my mind 120 times with this game. Just how, how do you see it playing out?
3: It's that's a tough one. And I don't I think that there's still very much so could be a race for first place in the West going on. Um, I don't know if that's an overreaction to what I saw from Alabama against Texas, but I also am not counting it out. Um, I think this game could be, okay, it's going to be Alabama and who else contending for the West. I think the winner of this game is going to be exactly that. I think the reason why I, I lean Arkansas a little bit more here is because Arkansas has got a really solid defense. I would say a and probably is better. Um, Arkansas is great up front. I mean, they lead the nation in sacks. Their pass defense is atrocious, god-awful. And there's a reason why they were trailing Missouri State a majority of the game is because they were throwing the ball all over the place. That's one of Arkansas' biggest flaws is their pass defense, but they are able to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And from what I've seen at my time covering LSU, and Max Johnson was at LSU, was he can easily get spooked under pressure. I've seen him see ghosts a few times that whenever you get to him, when you put pressure on him, when he gets sacked, he can sometimes start to see ghosts. That's one reason I lean Arkansas just a little bit more. And also, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this A&M offense continues to develop. Because it hasn't been great from what we've seen so far. Is Max Johnson going to be the the key? Is he going to be the big change that completely shifts this A&M offense to resemble more of a 2020 A&M offense than what we saw against App State? Maybe it is. I don't know. But just from what I've seen from KJ Jefferson in this Arkansas run game, it's a little bit more established. But I think it's really going to come down to the defense. It's going to be a game in the trenches. These are two really solid O-lines, two really solid defensive lines. So who can get to the quarterback more, who put more pressure on the quarterback, that's who's going to win this game.
2: Listening to her talk, it made me think, Caroline, I'm over here going, this is Jimbo Fisher's game. To win, if, if he can do it, pull it off, because you've got to draw up things to get the ball. If Missouri State could do it, and you're going to have Evan Stewart, five star back, Chris Marshall, five star back, Anaya Smith, all SEC candidate back, Yule Keith Brown, I mentioned Moose Muhammad, all these receivers, Devon A. Chain in the backfield, get the ball out of Mac. How, how cleverly designed game plan can Jimbo craft? To get the ball out of Max Johnson's hands quickly, take some of that edge off of that pass rush, take some of that bite off, and then when you do that, then you can start going down the field, then you run mm-hmm. the football. So to me, Jimbo Fisher's game plan coming in will determine who wins this football game. This is one where you go, okay, national championship head coach, he's here for a reason. Show it. is he, a better offensive yeah. mind than people... Then people want to give him credit. I think the problems are with the whole getting the play in early and the mm-hmm. you know, the the slow pace. I think that's more so than than the design. I've seen Jimbo Fisher come out game plan and design the hell out of it, and he's gonna have to Saturday. Caroline moving moving on through the SEC, I know you're going to a game. You may yes. end up doing karaoke at one of those bars somewhere in Knoxville this weekend. <laughs> so I will probably be probably will. Yeah, and it'll probably be calling Baton Rouge even though LSU's not playing because that's what LSU people do just like Aggies would do somewhere and just start singing the war hymn for no reason. Well, um, we
3: are playing. It's just New Mexico. True so.
2: true, so we'll probably not talk much LSU this week, although we do have to revisit LSU-Mississippi State. But you're you're going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee, Florida, college yep. game day. It, it's going to be a blast out there. And also probably a hell of a football game, Florida with all that success against Tennessee, but Hen and Hooker in the Vols looking for, uh, looking for a big moment there. Where do, how do you see that one playing out?
1: I think
3: the really interesting part of this game here is if Tennessee's able to win it, I think that shows one of the biggest shifts in Tennessee football culture just because Tennessee's not going to fumble the bag on a really big stage. So many times over the past, let's say, decades and Lane Kiffin and Dooley and then Butch Jones, Ooh. so many times Tennessee will be hyped up so much. And it's usually the Florida game and they'll both be undefeated going into it. So much hype going into this game. They're both ranked top 25 college game day you know, a big time stage. And then Tennessee just fumbles under all of the pressure yeah. and it, all of that hype. And it just, it, it almost puts a stalemate in the rest of their season. So if Tennessee is able to have this big of a stage college game day, SEC nation, Peyton Manning's going to be there. If they're able to pull out a win, I think to me that shows more mental strength and more of a culture shift than anything. But I mean, talking about the X's and O's and, and the on the field thing, I think that's going to be really interesting as well is, I think Tennessee is going to be able to win this game, and it's going to be fairly easy to do it if they can stop the run. I My biggest question going into the Florida-Kentucky game was, Kentucky's going to stop the run, so can Anthony Richardson win this game with the ball in his hands? Can he throw the ball and get Florida to a win? And we saw that, no, he couldn't. And he even mentioned after the the South Florida game, he's like, I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety. I'm dealing with some confidence issues. And that's not going to be an easy stage to go into a packed Neyland Stadium and a 330 kick, you know, massive stakes. That's not going to be an easy situation for him to be in. And he's going to defer to the run. Um, So if Tennessee's able to stop it, then I think Tennessee gets a win handedly. But they're just always seems to be an element there with Tennessee and it doesn't matter who the coach is it didn't matter if it was Dooley or Butch Jones or Lane Kiffin or Jeremy Pruitt whoever Tennessee's on the big stage and they usually come up short but I think this year I th- I think it's going to be different I think this team just feels different this Tennessee team feels different
0: Karen I think we have time for one more does Brian Harson make it if they lose this weekend Ooh. to Missouri
3: Brian Harson doesn't make it if they lose. Brian Harson doesn't make it if they win.
2: He just makes I mean, it one this, more week.
3: <laughs> I mean, this team is a dumpster fire. There was a piece mm-hmm. in The Athletic that I saw about, you know, the state of Alabama recruiting. And there were several high school coaches that were polled. And the, out of four of them, three of them said, I've never met Brian Harson. He's never been here. We don't really like him. We like the coaching staff. But we don't like him. So he's not even recruiting. That's bad. You know, his is quarterback TJ Finley's out here retweeting stats about how he's not being protected and he's getting pressured more than any other quarterback Twitter. in the SEC. That's bad. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. And then I think you know Brian Harson, he's on his way out, and a win against Missouri isn't necessarily going to save his job. Hey, but we, Eli Drinkwitz, if he's able to snag a win, I mean he's going to be you know king of the castle in Columbia.
2: Oh yeah, happy Eli. Uh, we didn't get even talk about LSU and Mississippi State. Um, just in thirty seconds or less, how big was that yeah. win for Brian Kelly? And just the state of mind on the Bayou, because it seems like everybody was waiting for him to lose that game at home and really turn on Brian Kelly, but instead they 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 kicked a little ass in Death Valley Saturday.
3: Yeah. I mean, it was huge for the narrative surrounding Brian Kelly because I think everyone is very down on him. Mm-hmm. And if, if you can get a win in the SEC early on, especially – one that feels like more of a gimme more than an AM in Arkansas and Alabama, get one against Mississippi State, get in the win column in an SEC team. That's, you know, all roads point good toward ahead. I'm worried about the first half, the way that they weren't really able to get anything moving offensively, but the turnaround in the second half, they scored on four of their seven possessions in the second half. It makes me encouraged moving forward. That was a yep. huge win for Brian Kelly and the confidence of this team.
2: All right, Caroline, big weekend this weekend. I will uh, we'll be in Dallas. Nuno will not be karaoke. Because he's lame. I am lame.
3: Uh, I am. Yeah, it's true.
2: Caroline is not lame. So come back with some stories from Knoxville.
3: I have some stories, videos. I'll send you all the karaoke videos. But enjoy Dallas. Safe travels.
0: All right. If you guys all want, we can wake up at 6 a.m. and work out. Never mind. It's time
3: to go. (laughs) (laughs) See ya. That's my my cue. (laughs) Sorry,
2: hungover. Can't do it. (laughs) Thanks, though. Sorry, busy. (laughs) See ya. Bye, guys. All right.
0: I'm hoping. It was, you know, what I was hoping for. Right now, we're talking about the Association of Former Students. They've been around for over 140 years. They got a big tailgate going on later on tonight, or not, excuse me, not tonight. Tonight, they're doing Yale practice, obviously. And then tomorrow is the tailgate. Uh, you got to jump all over that. But what they do is they give. They continue to give. They've done it for over 140 years. And that's why they've created kind of like, I don't want to say their mission statement, but their why, because everybody has a why why you do things, right? And their why is basically Aggies all around the world. That's why they've created IamTheWhy.com, a website with a collection of stories out there that tells Aggie stories and perspectives and just the things that Aggies have gone through, current students, former students, you name it. Go to that website right now, IamTheWhy.com, and upload your story. Before you do it, maybe watch a couple of them and see, oh, yeah, this is cool. I want to watch these. And you'll start seeing one after another, and you'll be like, I love these stories. And you could put yours up there as well. It is Iamthewy.com. Again, that website, Iamthewy.com. It is hip to be square. What does that mean to you, Caroline? What does it mean to be hip to be square?
1: Does it, I mean, maybe that To be know. like,
0: kind of like me, like, you know, I'm very regimented and I'm kind of a dork and yeah, like a, a fake sure. altar boy. For sure, very
1: structured. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it means. I'm a little
0: structured, a little <laughs> structured. Would you like to see my rundown?
1: Oh, I, I have it right here with me. All right, all right. I'm looking at it. Sure. I'm making sure you've seen at.
0: it. Hey, let's try to get a text message or two in. we got about a minute and 22 seconds.
1: Awesome. I'll read fast. Okay, so we have from Dermdoc. Doc. Have not missed an Aggie game versus the Pigs since the early 80s, home or away. Most delusional fan base ever. And I'm sure Sam Pittman is a great guy and coach, but I'm tired of all the hype for a guy who's only in his third year of being a head coach, and I believe is about 500. Really want this one. Beat the hell out of the Hogs.
0: Yeah, by the way, I, I agree with you, Derm. And that's why I went to war with SEC Mike. But, you know, I think Pittman had a better year than Jimbo did last year. I think that's fair to say when you win head-to-head uh, and you win your bowl game. Yeah, I think you had a better year. And um, I'm, I'm going to really start grading Sam Pittman next year when that offensive line is gone and KJ Jefferson is gone. Can he continue to see them climb or are they going to fall right back down? That's what I'm going to know. I don't think we have time for another one. I'm sorry, Caroline. All right, that's going to do it for this hour. When we come back. The final countdown. Stephen, you missed a segment. Stephen Seth McKinney. That's coming up next. It's Texas Radio.
2: Every day, we rise, challenging
0: ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job; it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission.